0: Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. Out of network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.
1: Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. As per usual, and as per usual, we are talking about a Man United performance which is found wanting But Rob, at least we did get a response in the weekend win over nottingham forest uh we'll jump into that early on in the show but today's show is mainly it's the final week of the transfer window transfer deadline date is on friday players are getting linked with united here there and everywhere united are getting desperate we've seen this pattern before they were getting desperate in that forest game as well rob weren't they but they did you were there what were Hmm. your immediate thoughts even after like after the whistle after the full-time whistle not after the falling
2: 2-0 down, not after the, but after the comeback? Relief, of course. And, you know, I often say that, you know, if you get a win in any capacity in the Premier League, you should be kind of grateful for the victory. But we're looking a little bit deeper, aren't we, Scott? We're kind of scratching below the surface to see what this Man United team is made of. And the first kind of 10 to 20 minutes were as pretty as bad as I've ever seen at Old Trafford. They were the kind of quote that I gave out after the game. And uh, I remember looking at my watch at 20 minutes and just thinking, this is not good. There's too many things, dysfunctional, chaotic madness going on on a football pitch. You just don't really expect to see. Doesn't look like an Eric Ten Hag team in those moments. But yes, of course, they had plenty of time, didn't they, to come back into the game. And they used that time wisely and they did improve through the match. Scott those first 10 minutes like those two goals like the first goal was just a joke from back to front you know what I mean just getting done on the sprint all the way and Arna falling on his backside and the ball being pushed to one side and it's a goal but even the second goal from set piece where everyone just kind of was like oh what are we doing oh it's in the net because it hits someone in the face and went in the goal and it's like It's like, it's comedy if you're not a Man United fan. If you're looking at that, you're laughing, aren't you? So I wasn't laughing and the stadium wasn't laughing. And thankfully the stadium really pushed the team on and really helped them and, you know, sang the hearts out and, you know, my throat's still a little bit sore all these days later. Um, And and that was good. But Scott, a lot wrong, unfortunately. Um, We're desperate to do content that's positive and like forward thinking and progressive, but... Ten Hong's got a lot to fix with this bunch, and I really don't know why they're in this position as they are. Well, we've got ideas about why they're there. Yeah, sorry. Um, you know,
1: I I realize people would like positivity. I I, I did feel a little bit positive that at least they reacted. Uh, you know, because they don't they don't really do that very often, or haven't done that very often. I thought the second half performance was good. Bruno Bruno Fernandez was really good. A lot of positives with Marcus Rashford back on the left-hand side. Yeah, uh, they had 85 minutes essentially to get back into the game, and I think they they forced the issue and it worked. They created a, a ton of chances, which is something mm. we haven't really seen so far this season. Well, we saw it in the Tottenham game; they didn't take any chances, but at least they scored them this time. So, yeah, but, they, but let's not lie; there are there are issues to fix, and Arsenal are the next game. At the Emirates, and they've they've got their own issues at the moment, but as it stands, Arsenal are looking in a far better place than United are based on performances so far this season. Uh we'll be talking today, we'll do a little bit more on the forest game. We will talk, though, mainly about the transfer window and how many names have I've written down? I have I have eight mm-hmm. names written down, um as potential well, seven transfer targets and one potential exit but i've also forgot harry Maguire's name and you want to talk about harry Maguire. Okay. so um we will do our best because i think this week as it's shaping up already this week is going to be another chaos week where you see names literally pulled out of the sky and linked with man united mm. uh, so we'll discuss what we know so far united are after a left back they want some more presence in midfield is a striker out of the question? We'll see. But they've also got some exits to sort out as well. So we'll talk Harry Maguire, Scott McTominay, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. You can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube, The Promisant and a Manchester United Podcast as well. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment for us. Hit the notification bell as well so you never miss a show. And follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders on X, Instagram and TikTok at underscore Rob underscore B on Twitter and YouTube. And at Promised Land Mu on Twitter X, whatever it is, as well. Anyway, uh, let's let's do the let's come back to the Forest game to start. Rob, uh, what did you say about that first four minutes? The worst four minutes you worst opening to a game you've seen in a generation or something, something like that? Is that what you
2: the, said? Yeah, they were my words, um, and and I really did feel that. And that wasn't a kind of emotional reaction. That was me. Again, kind of going back to my my kind of tactical mandate in my head about what am I looking at and what are they doing and why is that happening? And I'm telling you, Scott, they just didn't have a clue what they were doing. And yeah, cool. It, they did bring it back round and they, and they did settle down. But you have to remember that this is not even Forest you're playing. This is not a team that wants to excel this year in, say, the top 10 of the division. This is a team that wants to survive. Nottingham Forest are going to be very active in the next few days because they've got gaps in their squad. They have to do business, but they came to United squad in those first few minutes. They wanted it. Man United didn't. That's a problem to me. Like why, why do you not want it in that moment? Marcus sprinting back, chasing, chasing the striker all the way back to our box and just watching them all watch it was just peculiar. Now you can sometimes get caught cold, can't you? But, It's so rare that you see that and then it happened again that you can see two goals like that. Yes, you can see goals early. You can. But for me, that's that's why I came away and I thought, wow, that was probably the worst 10 minutes I'd seen under any manager post Sir Alex Ferguson. Like, absolutely. I can't remember it happening with with Jose or with Van Gaal, even Moyes. I can't remember those things. Don't remember. Ole had some really weird performances, didn't they? There were times where they looked great. Other times looked terrible. But I said to someone in the stadium, we were chatting about it. I went, sometimes in those first 10 minutes, like say that being the way the game had panned out, you start to wonder about whether the manager's got the players' heads in shape, like whether they're playing for him or not. Now, as the game went on, they, I think it showed that. They, they really fought and they battled. But they were batting against a team, Scott, they should be beating. And they should be beating comfortably over, well, I'd say 90 minutes. is now like 100 minutes in it per game. That's how it goes. Um, So over 100 minutes, you should be beating a team like Nottingham Forest. You did beat them, but you beat them 3-2 and you beat them by slim pickings and margins. And um, I was happy, Scott, to see Marcus on the left. I think that's integral to United in the next few weeks, having any success and scoring goals. But you saw that Martial is just not ready. He's not ready. He's not played any preseason. He can't help you. And again, the midfield for me had good moments, but also plenty of bad moments. Plenty of times where they looked old and jaded and tired. <laughs> Delow played all right at left back, but as I said last week, I'm not happy about him playing left back going forward in, in the rest of the season because he will make mistakes. So there's too many players got at the, the moment. Of the season is it, Rob? It's not the rest of the season, but we're talking periods that can ruin your season. So we're talking six weeks because of Luke Shaw's being out. That can wreck your season really quickly. Now, it's early on, but you can drop points and like not recover like Chelsea did last year. Chelsea had that period where where Graham Potter couldn't buy a win. That doesn't mean Graham Potter's a bad manager. It's just that they couldn't buy a win. They couldn't get it together and they had a really bad season. So I'm not worried about United in that Vein at the moment but I do look at the personnel and I do think that they're not really fit for purpose I thought Wamsaka played really well at right back like he seems to be getting better every week like I watch him and I think he's got more up here Scott he's got it in here he reads the game he plays the ball on the deck now he gets into midfield you're thinking yeah I like this this is the proper proper footballer now so there's a few bits that you kind of go great but what happened Varane half time we said it on last show got a knock he's off So these things are predictable, aren't they? Like, I don't know why there's any kind of conjecture or debate about it. It's really predictable and it's what's happening in front of us. So, yeah, uh, you know, you can only move on to the next game. Do I feel confident going to Arsenal after they drop points and they'll be licking their wounds going, right? we want to smash Man United now? (laughs) Not particularly. But then again, two, three, four days of the window left. You have got a little opportunity to fix some of these problems.
1: Yeah, let us know your thoughts on the uh the Forest win. Obviously it was uh, quite a roller coaster. Um yeah, as we mentioned Bruno Fernandes there there, there were some positives to take. I thought Bruno was absolutely brilliant to be fair to him, but he should be we need to see that consistently that he's he's one of the most creative players in the league. Uh and it shows up in the numbers. We just need yeah. to see him kind of taking the game by the scruff of the neck like he did more frequently and especially in big games because they're going to need some kind of personality to go to Arsenal and get anything because United's
2: record at uh, rival teams in the in the top six especially it is god-awful. United can't season cannot be about Bruno Fernandes creating every chance like you, you you're you not going to win anything like that you're not Bruno you know played his heart out because that's Bruno isn't it he he wears his heart on his sleeve and he fights and he is a fighter but he can't run the whole midfield on his own, Scott, from number eight. He just cannot. It's just it's, just, it's madness to think that that is a, any recipe for success. So there were positives, as you said there. And and I think that when you come out the back of it with a victory, that's what you have to just take. That's the biggest positive, that you won 3-2. But I thought Ten Hag afterwards, talking obviously primarily about the, the blue sky version of it, is that, oh, I'm so pleased with my team fought and got what they got. You were playing Nottingham Forest. Next week, you're playing a proper team. So let's see what happens against a proper team. No offence to Forest fans. Like, your team isn't good. I thought, came away from that and thinking, Forest didn't look particularly good at the end of it. I didn't think, you know, but they nearly won that game. And a better team, I think, does, from a two-goal start head start, probably beat you on the day. <laughs> All right,
1: let's move on to uh, the transfer chat section because there's plenty of uh, plenty of players
2: to discuss. Guns let's for move... hire section. Boop, boop, you call these guns, Rob? Why are, you, why are you calling them guns for hire? Guns for hire because these are players that you probably don't really want. They are people you're going to potentially bring into your football club because you're stuck because of what you've done. So I call them the guns for hire because this is what happens in the last four or five days of every transfer window: is that teams in trouble? Scott, go. Boop, boop, who can we get because we're so desperate because that window is about to slam shut and we're going to get stuck. And United are looking at a ton of players that are all just guns for hire. They're not really looking at progressive forward thinking signings, are they? Are these guns with blanks in them? or like Potentially. I mean,
1: well, I mean, I wouldn't call them guns uh, anyway, because uh, they're not really going to do too much, are they? Uh, let's, let's list off some of these names. Ryan Bertrand was last week. <laughs> um, Mark Cucciarella, Marcos Alonso. Great. Uh, over the weekend, uh, Leon, Leonardo Spinazzola from Roma and Nicholas Tagliafico, a former Eric Ten player, obviously, have been linked uh, at the start of this week on Tuesday morning as well. United. I've just looked at um, some potential return dates for Luke Shaw and... Terrell Malassia yeah there's an international break coming up after the Arsenal game so that there is some time for those players to recover I think expected return dates according to one website I was reading anyway but potential return dates was the there's a game on the 23rd of September it could be longer than that but we'll see we don't have any definitive news on when either of them will return um But it seems like United are going to go for a left-back before the window closes, probably on loan. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh,
1: All of those names there, Rob. Which one inspires you?
2: Well, not inspired at the least because you're looking at a market now of players who are either potentially fouled at their football club or are kind of, you know, bargain bin, aren't they? So when Ronaldo did the dirt on man United and you had to go and get a striker. Yeah. You could only get very It was, a, it was a January window. There wasn't a lot about But Scott. You've had months to cover your back on a lot of stuff here and you haven't done it and you haven't done it because you haven't sold players. Do I you do think, think... But do you think though, like I know Luke Shaw does get injured a lot, but
1: you have good, you have decent depth at left back really like, mm. you know, I know you, you push for Alvaro Fernandez to play. He might go out on loan for some regular first team mm, football, which will. might be the reason why. Yeah. Um, you got Dallow who played there the other day and can cover it. Like, as much as poor, you can level poor squad management at United here, mm. are they just a bit unlucky that two of their the two left backs have had
2: long ish term injuries at the same time? Yeah. Injuries are always bad luck ultimately but in, in contingency planning football you have to plan for bad luck you have to look at your squad like you just said there you've got coverage United have got coverage in pretty much every position but it means that if, there, if there's any kind of disaster of someone that's a real bona fide first team player and you lose one or two of them then you're thinking outside the box you just mentioned uh Malasia there Malasia is not far away from being fit but has had no pre-season is not going to hit the ground running. So that's like pie in the absolute sky, isn't it? Like this is, we can't think like that. We have to think in real terms. So United are now looking for someone who has got a pre-season in their legs, who's ready to start potentially in the next match. And they're kind of, this is why I call it the guns for higher market, because it's only clubs that go into that marketplace when they are desperate. And you generally, Scott, end up with a player you don't want. So I think probably my brain, the way it's looking at it and what we've heard is that, I think it will probably be more likely to be Marcus Alonso just because of the situation and what Man United are looking for. Can they get the player in quickly? Can they move quickly? A player who's got previous Premier League experience. But you know what, Scott? He ain't very good. It's as simple as that, right? But you're doing it because you're stuck. That's why I said last week I would rather see someone like Alvaro Fernandez blooded, because I think he can give you better long-term options and... And help him, his development. But you're right. I think he will go out on loan. Uh, but you've always got this in almost every position, like in terms of the, the thirds of the pitch, Scott, I not mean, you've got defensive problems here now. You've even got to go get your goalkeeper finished and sorted. That might be done by the time you will watch this, guys in our audience. We might have that goalkeeper finished and sorted as a, as a backup. But you've got issues in midfield and you've got issues up top. That's a lot of issues for four days before the end of the window, isn't it? So you're now looking in marketplaces just to fill gaps. The prognosis on Luke Shaw, Scott, is that it might be longer than people think. So this is why United are going into that marketplace. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. They're worried about that. Luke Shaw might not be weeks. It might be months because of the nature of the injury. Mason Mount, there is actually more positivity about. And they think that he'll come back quicker and he'll be okay. But Mason Mount gets injured, doesn't he? Like we saw it last year at Chelsea, he does get knocks. Ferran has now got knocks, and you don't want to play your centre back anymore, who was the captain only five minutes ago. So there's a lot to do now in two, three, four days for United, and it's really their own fault, isn't it? They've backed themselves into this corner, and now you're you know you're shopping in the bargain basement for just anyone that can help you. You make
1: Marcos Alonso the most likely. I I disagree with that personally. Um... Who do you think? Cuccharella, I think, is the one that they're they go in for and we'll see if Chelsea are able to let him go on loan. Please, yeah. I'd be happy with that. Like you got Cucurella. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's let's yeah. talk about this thing. Because I've seen obviously smart <laughs> Cuccharella, you know, he he was he did not have a good season at Chelsea last year. No. Nobody had a good season at Chelsea no last year. year. No. Um but this has caused uh supporters to fall into meltdown because <laughs> He does. <laughs> he does kind of look like a bit of a disaster. But I, I made the point the other day because, like, I'll put, I'll put this out there. My, no, I, I don't really want this deal to happen. But if it's in the right conditions, given the circumstances, and that you need a loan to cover for the next six months or however long it is, I'd imagine this would be a seasonal loan if they manage to do it. I don't think. Sergio Regulon is named as well Rico Henry, we've got Bertrand Taliafico, and Spinazzola as well as Cucurella and mm. Alonso etc cetera, etc cetera. I think personally that Cucurella is the best option of that the best option in a bad circumstance is how I put it um, you by know, miles he, by, by miles you go that far
2: Totally. Absolutely. Look at the names we're being linked with and the positions of what they're supposed to do. If you want to bring a player in now, Scott, for, say, a year loan or even a six-month loan, but I think United will lean towards a year because that gives you the value. Kucherela, as bad as he has been at Chelsea, but so is absolutely everyone at Chelsea, it was only the year before that that he was showing real upside. Pep Guardiola was desperate for him. Absolutely desperate. So you've got a player there that can play wing-back, full-back, and centre-back. Now, Man United, we're just talking here about coverage, aren't we? Yeah, and about who plays and who doesn't. You need players that are not just kind of... Not experts, but can really cover multiple positions. Malassia can play left-back and right-back, but do you know what, Scott? If Luke Shaw gets injured for any more period of time or is out longer, do I have faith that Malassia can carry Man United to a top-four position from full-back when full-back has become so important in the game? No, but do I think Couturella can play left-back and come in and invert into midfield and play ball on the deck and help United going forward and sometimes play wing-back and get up the pitch and overlap and sometimes play centre-back when you're a little bit stuck. Yeah, totally. He's, he's 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 not a complete nightmare. He's a decent footballer. Well, I think people would disagree. I, I, I'm, I'm with you here, but I think yeah. people
1: would disagree because in football, disagree, especially yeah. nowadays on social media, you have to talk in absolutes. Mm. And most people will say Mark Couturella is a disaster
2: is Couturella on my A-list of buying players no not at all well to- like, totally and I think this is a point ago, you've got to make no right? <laughs> you know, pre-Luke pre- Shaw getting injured we were saying oh Man United are alright for coverage at the moment and-, and there we are you get two injuries you're not alright for coverage so I think the thing is with Couturella is that, yeah, it's gone terribly wrong for him at Chelsea. The fee that Chelsea paid at the time of £50 million was overpriced. We knew that at, the, at that was, time. I think it was more. It, it, it was a built-in... Because they were trying to fight City and show that they could flex their muscle to get the player, and that's kind of what they did. They've kind of just done it with Casado, haven't they? They've just... Chelsea, they've spent £105 million on him, you know, up to 110 115 and they've done that to flex their muscle to show that they're, they're Chelsea and they are what they are. Do you know what? I wonder if Casado has a bad season and people are saying that's value and a good deal. So this is the thing. Like it's Chelsea, One yeah. year
1: ago, Chelsea paid fifty plus six sixty odd million for Mark Cuchuella, and he was mm. one of he was Brighton's player of the year. One of the like Man yeah. City wanted him, but obviously they have a cut off point in terms of what they want to pay. And we've seen United uh, beat City to players because they've been willing to pay more. Harry yeah. buy namely, um, but he's not. Like, I don't like. I'm not saying for a second that I think this is a great deal, but in the circumstances, and you know, he had a te- he had a terrible season at Chelsea last year, but so did everybody. So it, you have to kind of look at it not based on last season, but based on kind of a, a wider period. And the season before, he was fantastic with Brighton, and Pep wanted to sign him, and Chelsea wanted to sign him to the point where they paid fifty, sixty million quid for him, and just because. Chelsea were an absolute mess of a club for one year and everybody suffered as a result doesn't does it make Cucurella a bad player i wouldn't call him one of the best left backs in the world but i think on a on a loan basis if you're not, you are not can get the conditions of the deal right if it can be a straight loan and you maybe you pay his wages and he no option to buy i'm not saying i'm not saying let's get into options to buy or anything like that a
2: loan for a year just to cover i don't think it's terrible if you're starving hungry, Scott, and you're sat at the table, you will eat the crust of the bread if you can't have a slice. It's just the truth. So that's where Man United are at the moment. And this is, the, and again, this is why I put a lot of blame on the doorstep of the football operations of the football club, because you shouldn't really be in this position. Now, yes, injuries happen, bad luck happens, That that's where you are. But it's because you haven't done your business, Scott. That's why you are where you are. You haven't got the right coverage in your team. You've got minimum coverage. As soon as you get some injuries, you're going to start biting your nails, aren't you? And, and that's where Ten Hag is. I think Ten Hag's looking at the squad now and going, well, hang on a second, you promised me that striker back who's been out for 18 months, but now you've you've sold him. You know, that's probably the right decision. But now I want another forward at some point. And do you know what? My two left backs are injured and I wanted that, center, uh, that central centre-back out on my squad who's on 200 grand a week and you haven't done that. And I don't want Scott McTominay as a number six. so uh, And he's still in my squad and I don't want that. This is difficult for Ten Hag. All these things are happening in real time for him in the training ground. So Kucherela, I look at it, is like not best of a bad bunch. Like I think there could be some upside to him. If he comes to United and takes the opportunity, he could be very good for us. And I think he can play multiple positions. Do I want to sign Cucherela six weeks ago or 12 weeks ago? Or would we have mentioned him when we were on the tour? No, of course not. But this is where you are now. This is the guns for higher market. You are looking for players that will come fit to you for a price and that will help you for the short term. Cucherela, for me, has got the best opportunity to be a good signing. That's the way I look at it. He could come to the club and he could give you six months to a year of real good value. And then in a year you might go, oh, you can nab this guy of Chelsea because Chelsea are going to flog him now. And actually he's pretty decent. And for 25 million, 30 million, he fits our squad profile and he's proved himself for us. Great. Is that going to happen with Marcus Alonso? No. So there are players out there that it's a a kind of, again, a scale of diminishing returns, as I call it. And there are players that that can help you immediately, but you've signed an Alonso. Guess what, Scott? He probably sits behind Melassia in the pecking order when Melassia is fit. So what are you doing there? Like, it doesn't make sense. I think Cucurella could be a player that forces his way into the first team. But that, again, is a roll of a dice, Scott. It's all gambling. And United have put themselves in this situation once again because they haven't done their business, haven't sold the players they're supposed to, and they haven't got the money to then go into the market and be a proper football team, like going there and aggressively flex their muscle as Manchester United. That's a shame. But that's on them, isn't it? That's not on us. We can only kind of call what we see. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens here. I'm looking at the season that
1: Guccerela had with Brighton before the Chelsea season Um, he did
2: score in that Brighton 4 United 0 game remember that he was great that season like he was the best fullback in the league that season like he really was he he, he had
3: everything hopefully this is the last time you hear this ad because with chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.
2: going forward and everyone loved his kind of swashbuckling style he could beat people on the turn he could really go he really could push brighton forward in that team and no one blinked when we went to chelsea everyone thought he was overpriced but everyone thought he had quality 20 million less
1: i think everyone would have said that's a very very good he's a great player very good deal
2: absolutely in the social media times like you mentioned people always judge you judge things by those things and you know it's the same old same old but I think when you look at him, Chelsea have failed in the last 12 months. Not just Couturella, like the whole team has failed. They, Graham Potter was coming in for what? Seven years, a seven-year project and lasted seven minutes. So they want to clear their decks. That's obvious. They're going to be active in the market, Scott. But then they're, they're not particularly buying players to fill gaps. They're they are they're trying to buy players to, to push their project, And that's the shame about Man United is that that doesn't feel like that now. I think Mount was. I think Anana was. And then you stopped. Then nothing happened. <laughs> you couldn't sell plays. You didn't move the players out. So I think Cucurella is, is a is a decent player and I, I would be happy in the circumstances for him to come. Football fans that don't want him, Scott, that's understandable. But I think that football fans also have to get realistic as to where Man United are now in his next three, four, four, four days going into the end of this transfer window. Having Cucurella is better than not having him. That's that's the way I yeah. look at it. Yeah, You know, because I, I really do not want to rely on what you've got in those positions. What happens, Scott, if you get an injury now to Wambasaka and Delo? So they both get injured in training today. Yeah. What what you, what you are you doing? What's the plan? I don't know. Do you? Like, so th- th- there's positions at the moment where I kind of go, these things can happen. And you're foolish if you believe that they can't. <laughs> like, you so you have to have contingencies. You have to have players, young players. That's why I talk about youth. You've got to have players who can play the position and even if they make mistakes, at least they can play it and you can develop them and maybe get something out of them. Instead, you're going into the transfer market looking for your next vague horse. That's on man United, isn't it? That's not a great way to do business.
1: Yeah. As much as you want to like, you can look at the United transfer team, the people at Murta, 10 Hag, and all that. Hmm. You can look at them and Hmm. then look at what Chelsea are doing and then think, why aren't we buying players all the time who are our long-term fixes the ownership is the difference. The ownership is the difference. You got a, there was a there was a protest at Old Trafford after the, after the game the other day. Did you stay for it? I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, this is the th- this is the thing. United are hamstrung, and the the fact that United are all of these people that are trying to do you know put United back on the straight and narrow in the right direction. All of these problems that they're trying to fix have come under the ownership of the Glazer family. And usually under Ed Woodward, who's made some terrible decisions and they're still cleaning up the mess. So as much as, yeah, they deserve criticism at times. Of course they do, but their hands are tied to the point where, you know, the Glazer family and and Ed Woodward have put United in this position where it's going to take them years to fix it. And they say until the ownership changes, you know, they're going to, they're going to try and protect their, protect their cash. They don't have any cash really. Um, So, they have to do what they got to do until the ownership changes. I don't think it'll change.
2: I agree. I agree with that. Obviously, the the, the um, you know the kind of rotten core from the Glazers, what how what they've done to our football club is obvious for all of us to see. But I'm not going to let the football team off on this one, Scott. Like they have autonomy, they can build and sell, and they can do a certain amount of business, and they could have sold players, Scott, before that. But what did they do? They played a game of Monopoly. We don't would you have him. given Harry Maguire 12 million quid to leave? I wouldn't have given him 12 million quid. I'd have done a deal well, with. That's, West what, that's Ham. what he wanted. I'd to have, have done get, a deal with West. Six. I would have done a deal with West. look Okay, this is what's happening at the moment. West Ham have come back to Man United, exploring a way that Harry Maguire gets his money and they get the player. That's what they want. It will probably end up being a loan deal, and that can happen. But the longer you've left it and just sat on it, and you were happy to just have this substitute at 200 grand a week, that is stupid, Scott. So that's on that's on them. That is on them. So now who's that in, on like that's on that the on? football. That's on the whole football staff of Manchester United that do. So that the, the existing
1: football staff made the decision to give Harry Maguire that contract. They did,
2: and when they My told board Harry, was there. So when they told Harry Maguire that he was being stripped of the captaincy and he was no longer wanted at Man United, did they think this player was just going to walk out the club without being paid? If you think that, you shouldn't be running a football club. That's not how it works. That's not business. So West Ham are desperate for the play. They want Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire wants a good situation. I'm sure he's looked at West Ham the first two games, three games of the, of the season and thought, they look quite good. I could I could help them. But Harry Maguire should not leave Manchester United for a penny under the value of that contract. He shouldn't do. What are United doing? Rather than moving him out and taking a slight hit on it and then balancing the books elsewhere in the squad, both in purchasing and selling... They just sat on their hands and went, well, you can sit on our bench for a year. (sighs) Scott, that ain't good business. That just isn't. So it's on the team. It's on the actual purchasing team behind the scenes. I don't blame Ten Hag. Ten Hag is desperate for this player to leave. Absolutely desperate to the point where he's gone out and taken the armband off him and made it overtly clear that he wants him gone. Harry Maguire shouldn't leave for a penny under the value of what, what his contract says. United need to pay him off. That's up to United. That's not up to Harry Maguire. You just the said Magu- you wouldn't give him £12 million. I would negotiate and find a way towards that £12 million. Well, I would work with do. West Ham. <laughs> I'd work with West Ham and say, if you want this player, you're going to have to pay this amount of the loan fee, which is a higher percentage than what you want to do. But if you want the player, we need to get the player gone now. Well,
1: let's talk about, let's Too talk late, about this. Too oh, late, Scott. You've the loaned out
2: Harry Maguire without a replacement. That's what's going to happen. Are you that's sure? That's not what I, that's not Are what I think. Are absolutely sure? I think that's what's going to happen. I've said it all along Harry Maguire will leave on transfer deadline day, and I'm sticking by it. I'm sticking by it for for these reasons. Man United want him gone. West Ham want the player on the condition of a loan, where they're going to
1: pay probably some of his wages anyway.
2: They will. They for will him not pay, to be there. I think they'll pay over what they wanted to pay in a straight deal because they're going to get him on loan. So they'll pay a little bit more because it doesn't affect your books in years to come. It doesn't affect you a player earning two hundred grand a week if you're paying it now because in a year you can say we're not doing this anymore. He's on loan. So I don't think there's going to be any compulsory purchase order. I don't think that that that's going to be negotiated at this late stage. But West Ham want the player and the player wants to play football and the player knows that he's not going to play football at Man United. And Harry Maguire has publicly said, happy to fight for my place. But how can you fight for your place when Varane gets injured and you don't even get a sniff? So let's not live in some kind of weird Promised land that doesn't exist. Let's live in you, you, reality. You,
1: you've just spent time criticizing Fiata for not having yeah. a plan af, af, after their two first-choice left backs have been injured, and yet you're saying
2: we'll we'll go through the season with three left backs just because. No, Harry I'm M- three, saying that. Three I'm saying that's what they're going they're on, to do because he's on too much money. They're going to do that. That's what they're going to do because they haven't sorted this out. So you're going to now let a player go potentially who you really believe as a manager, Eric Ten really believes that Harry Maguire can't help him. He talks a load of garbage to to us in the press about what he thinks Maguire can do, because that's the right thing to do. You know, you shouldn't kill the player publicly. I don't think anyone wants Mourinho again to kind of attack players. But Harry Maguire absolutely knows he has no future at the football club. And Manchester United have been doing their very best in weeks gone by to bin him. But bin him by making him take the hit. Like saying, we'll give you 4 million even though we owe you 12. I don't think he's going to get 12, Scott, but he will get a, a percentage more than four, like four is the Six, seven, eight, nine, who knows? Like we, we're not doing that business, but I think United will have to pay through the tooth to get rid of him because they are desperate to get rid of him. Do you know what, Scott, one of the things I'm going to say this, and this is a kind of, again, this is a lateral thought. I think maybe this season has started badly because you've still got players in your squad that you've told you don't want. That creates a bad vibe at the training ground. So you've got senior players at your football squad. Scott McTominay knows that he's not wanted. So, He's a good, honest pro. He'll keep fighting for United. But it's not a good look behind the scenes, is it? You haven't got a happy, harmonious camp. You've got players that have actually been told that the manager thinks you're rubbish. So that's a problem. So United have to address that problem, Scott. I don't, I wouldn't personally get rid of a centre back and not bring another centre back in. But you think they will? I think they will, yeah, because I think this is a dysfunctional uh, so, setup behind so the you, scenes.
1: You think that they're silly enough?
2: And maybe they are. Definitely.
1: They are. definitely are silly, silly enough. enough to have a half-fit Rafa Varane, Victor Lindelof, yeah. and Lisandro Martinez, plus an injured Luke Shaw as your centre-back options. So that's I two, think, and a half, two
2: and a half centre-back options for the entire season. I think that they are silly enough, because you've only got to look at what they've been doing the last few weeks and, and what they've done for years. You've just mentioned the glazers there and about how it goes. This is not a problem that has been going on for What, they, what do they stand to gain
1: to get Harry Maguire out on a loan? Without a replacement, I'm I'm conditioning all of this underground a a
2: month off your bottom line. Like, that's what they think. They're they're businessmen, you know. Man United are accountants behind the scenes, that's what they are. They're not particularly football people, so no offense to them. Like, in terms of John Murta, I'm sure John Murta would have loved Kim Min Jay. And you could have gone and done that business because you were going to try and do that business and then you didn't because, you, like Harry Maguire, you couldn't move in quick enough. But Kim Min-Jay's now somewhere else, so you just got to do what you got to do. So I still think United might say, move Maguire on and then immediately go into that guns-for-hire market, as I call it, and find themselves a centre-back for six months to go and sit on the bench. That's not a good way of doing it, Scott. But if if it's not, conditional, you're not telling me on... you don't think that they could do that. You know, man, you know.
1: we're having a, we're having different conversations. Yeah, you're talking about them letting Maguire go without a replacement. I'm talking letting Maguire go with a replacement, they which could, I think they could, they could do. do. Yeah. They could do,
2: but I don't think they're going to leave themselves short. Anyway, we'll see. I, I think if they could get 800 grand a month off their books, which is a whole lot of money, when you've got none, you've got no money. That is a lot of money because it means. That between now and the next transfer window, you've saved that every month and it goes into your kitty and you can go into next year's window, have saved that £200,000 a week wage. And that's what Man United have been trying to do with Harry Maguire all along. That is why Harry Maguire has gone, well, I'm not leaving because you're trying to get rid of me because of my wage. So Why should I go? Like, you take the hit, not me. So that's why I don't blame Harry Maguire. I've seen so much on socials, people blaming him for not moving and that's his fault and all this. No, it's up to the business to move him on. And United haven't greased his palm enough to get him out of the football club. And that happens all the time, Scott. If You've got your bummyang in your team, Scott. You have to pay him to move him. That's how it goes. It's what Arsenal did. That's what every football club has had to do. Chelsea have been doing it now for weeks with players, paying them off, getting them out, putting players on these long-term deals. May having have got players on seven-year contracts, but you look at Harry Maguire. He is your David De Gea now, isn't he? like David De Gea was on a huge wage, 350 grand a week. Plus Harry Maguire's, his Champions League bonuses are about to get activated. Scott, you need to get him off your books. Like, and you probably will roll the dice and take the hit that your center backs will stay fit, which of course is a stupid way of gambling, isn't it? Like we've just seen with Varane, but you're going to say, well, we've got Victor Lindelof. That's That's how they're doing it, Scott. That's how they're doing it. And I really hope that I wish they'd gone out and bought a center back to get for Maguire, you know, Tadebo's still there potentially, but I don't think they're going to. They're not going to do a deal like that where. where think they think came... get him on loan with an option. I, I don't. I don't make it impossible, but Maybe. one of these have to stand to to get
1: on that. I mean, I I don't agree really that they'll just. Admit, we'll find out by by Saturday morning. We will, you know, um, on if they're gonna let us know in the comments if you think United should just get rid of Maguire, regardless of if they get a replacement for him. There's not really anybody in the new
2: system to. That- That's not my opinion. That's what the
1: whole conversation we've just had.
2: I'm just saying, I think that's what they're going to do. Like, it's completely different to my opinion. My opinion would have been sorting it out weeks ago, because that's what good business does, and not being where you are today. You're here today because of you. Not because of the player. <laughs> you're there. That's my whole argument. And that's why United are in this guns for hire market, because you, you you're now looking for players that really you don't want, that you haven't scouted. You're just desperate. And that's on you again. That's just anyway, how it is. We, we've we've mentioned Scott McTominay. Yep. And
1: uh
2: could this happen? Scott yes, McTominay to buy in Munich. Potentially. Like obviously we we know that The noise is
1: coming from Bayern's side.
2: (laughs) It is. And Bayern Bayern like him, and they see him as someone that can help them in terms of their squad. I think, again, a player that surplus to requirements of Manchester United. The difference between McTominay and, say, Maguire is the wage. So there isn't really, I don't think, a rush to push McTominay out the door. But Scott McTominay, like Fred, knew that this is all over now. And Fred then went, right, I'm off. See you later. And Scott McTominay knows that as well. So I think Scott McTominay to buy Munich could be a goer. You know, like if you're going to maybe trade him out for a Gravenberch, great. But what if Gravenberch turns up and isn't much cop or isn't ready or whatever, then you've just moved one of your, you know, rotational pieces out. So there's a lot of risk in all of this still, Scott. But I think that is a goer because, again, he's on that list of players that, that Ten Hag really wants out the football club because he wants to fill those spaces with players that he wants.
1: Yeah, I mean... I don't.
2: I I think this could happen.
1: I generally do think this
2: going to happen. Tuchel likes him. Um, Tuchel's spoken well about him in the past. Like he he's spoken in the past that he likes Scott McTominay. So we'll what's too called into that team anyway? Um, United, if they are to
1: let him go, we've we've obviously mentioned our. Well, we had a conversation. I think it was last week at some point. You can't really let Scott McTominay go because you don't have any other defensive-minded players. Like I, I mean, Scott McTominay at least. Um, does cover ground and Mm. is able to tackle Um, we know that United's midfield can't tackle currently (laughs) Uh, and he came on on the weekend uh, but how do you replace him there are conversations obviously we've mentioned Ryan Gravenberg a a, a fair bit he said that he doesn't know what's going to happen I think he could move this week, potentially, whether that's to United or to Liverpool or Mm. to to somebody else, but a different profile player completely to Scott McTominay, someone able to carry the ball, good on the ball, really. I think United could do with Ryan Gravenberg and Eric Ten Hag tried to sign him last year before he went to Bayern. Pierre-Emil Hoiberg is the other one, though. Are you excited, Rob?
2: Like my whole diatribe. You need to
1: for the for the for the benefit of the the audio listeners, which is a a large chunk of our listeners. Actually, you need to tell them what you're doing.
2: Right for for those who need the kind of audio explanation, I've got my head in my hands when he mentioned obviously Hoiberg, but this is again why my whole ten minute diatribe about what Man United are trying to do or what they're doing in the marketplace. Is real, yeah. It's not my opinion. It's what they're doing. And if you're going to end up with a Hoiberg because you're getting rid of a McTominay, like that, that is not a progressive move, is it? That is not that's not a way of fixing a problem. That's called having a leak in the roof, Scott, and just letting the water pour through for a little bit longer because you can't afford to mend it. So I, I, I Hoiberg, no. Birch, maybe. Like I think he's a decent player, as you said, a completely different profile. Uh, you've seen Amrabat's team behind the scenes are absolutely gutted that Manchester United have done what they've done over the last several weeks because they negotiated the deal. They went to them. They said, We want the player. We really want the player. And now the player isn't even being allowed to train with his team and is obviously going to exit the football club. And Man United is still here four days before the end of the window and they haven't negotiated a fee and haven't gone back. So, really, Scott, the, the choice here should be. Amrabat or nothing he's the guy you scouted he's the guy you wanted you went to go and do that business then you put the brakes on it then you couldn't get McTominay out to West Ham why because you got greedy you wanted a bigger price oh no he's maybe worth 40 million no he's not he just isn't not in the marketplace and then you look at someone like Amrabat who is ready made to come in now Amrabat doesn't solve everything for me But I do think when you look at his metrics, especially things like ball carrying and tackling and stuff like that, he will be able to help Casemiro more. But Casemiro shouldn't be having a bodyguard next to him. He should be having a footballer. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So I think that I, I think that Amrabat is the best value on the market and someone that might be able to give you, you know, two, three, four years of good service. Gravenberch, I think, could do that as well, but that would only be a loan deal but it's a mess again, isn't it? You're looking at a key position and you could have gone and bought someone and then kind of pushed players out and moved the, you know, moved the pack around. Um, kind of feel sorry for Scott McTominay. He's been a good servant to Man United. And again, he's, he's just left to, to, yeah, if he just, joins Bayern Munich, don't feel sorry for him. Look, if he goes to Bayern Munich, good luck to him. And I, you know, I think he deserves something more. Like I think he would have gone to West Ham and helped West Ham a lot. But I think again, United got greedy with the price, and it's just what it is. Football clubs do that. It's not. It's not new. But United have to make sure whatever comes in, Scott, isn't just your, your next sabitza. Like it isn't just a plug a hole. It has to be someone that can help you grow the team tactically, technically, physically win more matches, if you want to be a top team... You're telling me team, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg will do that? No, of course he doesn't. <laughs> and I think the interesting thing here is that Postacoglu wants Hoiberg out because he cannot play his style of football. And his style yeah. of football is the counter-press and playing high up the pitch. Mm, what are Man United like trying to do this year? Play higher up the pitch, more counter-press, and as Eric Ten Hag said, be the best transitional team in the world. Does Hoiberg help you do that? No. So why are we having the conversation? So we're having the conversation because United are in a pickle. So, no, I don't want to see Hoiberg come, though I don't not rate him. I think as a defensive midfielder, typical Mourinho, type six, destroyer, jump into tackles, hurt people, you know, pull players down in parts of the pitch to slow the game down. Yeah, he has his uses. But Man United need technical players who can also do the all-round game. I think Amrabat is probably the closest on the market. But if I'm Amrabat now, I'm probably thinking, oh, and this team's messing me around now for months. Like, do I really want to go there? Like, I'm sure Eric Ten Hag's in his ear because they they know each other. And Eric's probably saying, sit, sit tight, be patient, be patient. That's what happens quite a lot in these deals. But I would not be surprised to see Amrabat in the next day or two end up at another football club who go and pay the fee for him, get him on a plane Get him there, and he'll be doing his uh his welcome video on social media before we know it, and we'll all be going. Man United you know, are still trying to negotiate Scott McTominay to leave the football club, so this is why I don't feel great about all of this, Scott. <laughs> I've like, like I'm ranting, but that's that's I'm on the edge of that. This is not a ranting show. Rob. No, it isn't. Not, but not we're meant- heated that- because we're in this position. Like, it's not all good.
1: Um, let us know. I'll ask you this question before we go. How many players will United sign before Friday at 11pm UK time? Two. Who?
2: I think, okay, if I'm just gambling, I think one will be Marcus Alonso. It's just what I think. And I think the other, fingers crossed, will either be Gravenberch or... Amrabat that they just pulled up. They might look at the Amrabat deal now and go, this is, this is like way better than anything else we can get at the moment. And, you know, in that mid twenties to up to 30 with add-ons, that would make total football sense. The problem with that Scott is, I don't know whether the business side of it, like it, I don't know if they will want 30 million leaving the books over the next 12 months in a deal because they've kind of run out of money. You know, they haven't moved players on. So you know, you. you, you I think you're more likely to see players go out, Scott, and players come in. Like you know, Donny van der Beek esque, is that you'll find players leaving. But I do think United will bring two in. It just might not be two that really. We're not counting
1: make... the goalkeeper either, because Dean Henderson's going to leave, and no, he's old, definitely old, old coming. So that's.
2: Coming. The, I think that's 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 again might be done before you actually you know watch a show. You might be seeing it at the Man United are announcing their their new goalkeeper is he six foot five and yeah. Yeah, and you've just spent, you know, four million quid on him. It's like, okay, cool. That's, that's You need to do something there. So that is what it is. But it's kind of non-signing, isn't it, for me? It's not exactly exciting. It's not going to help you win more football matches, just coverage. And I do think the two coming in, I, I, I don't think United are in that market to maybe make a splash where they kind of go, actually, that player needs to leave. He's worth 50 million and he's good. And we're just going to go do it. I that's not that's not the way it smells at the moment. I think United are purely looking at, as I said, guns for hire. They're looking at players that can just help them as opposed to like an a progressive signing Um but I'd be happy with like Kukurella. Like I'd be delighted if they got Kukurella. I'd be delighted if they got Graven Birch in. I think it's a good player development project. And I'd be over the moon with Amrabat. It doesn't feel like United are going to go and buy anyone in the in the forward positions as it stands. Yes, uh, we shall
1: see what United do over the next few days. Leave a comment for us with what you think United will do before the transfer window closes as well. Uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's it from us today. Wherever you get your pods and watches on YouTube, the Promise and Manchester United podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment for us as well. Pop the notification bell on so you don't miss a video. And follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok at underscore Rob underscore B on YouTube and Twitter and at Promised Land MU on Twitter, as I'm still calling it Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. What time
2: will we be back on Friday, Rob? Usual time? Or are we going to wait and see? I don't know. I think, yes. do you know what? The next two or three days, what I think, will dictate that because we will, we, we will kind of know what United are trying to do behind the scenes. Like we will know some of the activity in the movement and Agents will be going, chip, 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 talking away about what their players are wanting to do and what they're doing with Man United. So we'll see. I think we'll see. But I do actually think it's going to be a busy last few days for Man United because they, they're actively looking. Desperate. Like, they're so desperate, Scott. Desperate busy, yeah. They are so desperate. And this is exactly what we always say every year is, don't get into that position. Don't get where you're desperate the last four days. Because you know what, Scott? People fleece you. Clubs fleece you. Players fleece you. Agents fleece you. So United, I think, might be backed into a corner. Like, fingers crossed, Scott, no-one gets injured in training today. Like, that's how you're thinking now. <laughs> because if you get another one or two injuries, you're going into this Arsenal game depleted. So, um, and let's hope, obviously, that our injured players do come back sooner rather than later. But the the news on Luke Shaw doesn't look particularly great at the moment. So I think we will be seeing a new left-back starting, even against Arsenal. It might be Deleuze. I don't think so. Or it might be Marcus Alonso. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I, I don't think that. Well, Let's we'll hope see. it's a guerrilla.
1: Um, United are in the Champions League draw. That take, takes place on Thursday as well. Yeah. So by the time we're back, we'll talk... Well, there's a lot to talk about by the time we're going to do... Tons. Another video. Arsenal game on the horizon. Transfer deadline day. Champions League draw, etc. Et we'll talk about all those when we see you next. Should be Friday. Don't know what time. We'll see what's going on. Um, we'll try and be as finite and as definite as eh, I hope United don't go till don't hand in deal sheets to get any deals done let's just say prefer to get the business done
2: <laughs> that could happen three months ago but you know we are where we are we're here again deal sheets will be happening I guarantee it's going to be right at the end of the window as they're desperate to kind of get some kind of players over the line
1: oh how exciting
2: anyway thanks everyone for listening or watching we'll see you
1: soon for another promised land episode and uh, yeah, enjoy the week. It's going
0: to be chaos. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees, open your account in minutes at Chime.com/goals24. That's Chime.com/goals24. Chime feels like progress.